here back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio. Available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. You can send me an email. The address is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. And you can leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. Leave your questions or comments and we might use your call on the broadcast. That number again, 772-245-0750. Well, few segments I've uh, ever done on this show have prompted as many email uh, contributions as the uh, the canine that uh, helped ca- uh, chase Baghdadi down that spider hole. And, um, and I've gotten... Uh, uh, sort of a, a mini deluge of emails. Uh, just to give you an idea, uh, Michael, that other guy, uh, pointed out that uh, I had mistakenly said that the dog was male when uh, he said that the photographs of the dog um, plainly show that it's not a male, uh, that it's a female. I didn't look at the photograph before I uh, I said that. I, I can't remember uh, who I heard it from, but it was a trusted source uh, that I had said that the dog was male, but, uh, after Michael sent his email, I examined the photograph and yes, indeed he is correct. Uh, that is a female dog, uh, which I made the case, uh, we should stop referring to, uh, by the B word, uh, because, uh, that, uh, that term has taken on such negative connotations now as an insult that, um, uh, that, uh, our best friends deserve, uh, a better treatment than that. We shouldn't use that word to refer to women, uh, and we shouldn't refer to uh, to female dogs as that uh, anymore either. Tyler weighed in and uh, pointed out that um, the reason that Trump was uh, saying the Baghdadi died like a dog was a sort of a, a psychological warfare thing against ISIS to try to demoralize them by saying that Baghdadi died like a dog and pointing out uh, that Muslims uh, view dogs as um, as dirty and unclean, uh, sort of on the same level with cockroaches. And uh, I'm well aware of that. Uh, I know, you know why the president was using those words. I just believe that uh, Baghdadi is unworthy of any sort of comparison to dogs. Um, you know, I've had working dogs i've had hunting dogs and the last thing that uh the last trait that dogs uh, exhibit is cowardice um maybe some lap dogs i'm not sure even even the lap dogs i've seen can be pretty ferocious but um definitely uh not these working dogs uh they are brave and courageous uh beyond reason and this dog was as well. But I appreciate all the emails that you sent me. And uh, and uh, spe- especially, uh, Mike, for correcting uh, the record that that was, in fact, a female dog that uh, that uh, pulled this off. There, <laughs> the president uh, posted a photoshopped uh, image on his Twitter account of him uh, presenting the, uh, the dog with... Um, 
it, it's not a medal of honor. Uh, it's it's a it's a medal that has a, a dog's footprint on it, but it's got the same uh, ribbon on it as the medal of honor, and that's just caused the the leftists to absolutely melt down, saying that uh, you know it is not uh, fitting to um, present a, a, a an image with a, uh, a dog getting the medal of honor. It's not a medal of honor. It was, um, in good fun. And, uh, if there is not already a, some sort of, uh, medal that we can present to our canine, uh, military dogs, I think that the president should come up with one. Also interesting occurrence I noticed was, um, uh, uh, Greg Gutfeld on the five said that uh, they ought to bring this dog to the White House and make it the White House dog, and he got uh, he got great plaudits for that. Um, I just would point out that uh, I said that uh, the morning before Gutfeld said it, and uh, I guess these ideas are just floating around in the in the ether. Uh, somebody was bound to have thought of that, but it, I, I still think it would be a great idea to bring this dog. Uh, to the White House, he's back or she's back to work now. Uh, so we'll have to wait until her enlistment or uh, is up or her retirement. Uh, she's eligible for retirement, but I would love to see that dog on the White House grounds, um, helping to protect the President of the United States. Well, the Democrats have finally found some uh, some aspect of the military that they can support. The same um, anti-American talking heads over at CNN and MSNBC who never miss an opportunity to bash our military have finally found a, uh, a military officer that they can support, this Alexander Vindman. This, uh, this um, lieutenant colonel in the United States Army, decorated war, he- war uh, veteran from Iraq, uh, received a Purple Heart, has... Uh, disobeyed uh, the White House directive uh, not to cooperate with Adam Schiff's impeachment sham uh, and went in to testify. Apparently, he wanted to testify because he would have been perfectly within his rights to wait for uh, a court to make a ruling on whether or not uh, the impeachment inquiry that Schiff was running that had not been authorized yet uh, had subpoena power. But he went on in, which tells me that he wanted to testify. And, um, and of course, you probably know that uh, some people have been questioning his motivations and his associations. And uh, the left and the Democrats have sprang to this man's defense. You are not allowed to uh, ask him any difficult questions about uh, why he's making this testimony or who he spoke with regarding this. That is, in their worldview, questioning his patriotism. It is nothing of the sort. Um, it's come out that uh, he was, in fact, consulting with Ukrainian um, officials off the record in some sort of back channel uh, on how to go about circumventing uh, the president's um, directives. So, yeah, yeah, he's got to answer questions. You know, we're gonna uh, we're gonna give him the respect that the uniform deserves and that he has earned by his service. That doesn't uh, give him immunity to answering questions. And one of the themes that they're pushing is, oh, you're, you're basing this on his, uh, his foreign birth. And 
He, he and his twin brother, both of which work at the National Security Council inside the White House, and uh, his brother's name, Yevgeny Vendeman, twin brother, both work in the White House on the National Security Council. Alexander is uh, his, part of his portfolio is advising on Ukrainian issues. So I think it's a legitimate question whether or not uh, he has allowed his um, his affinity for the place of his birth uh, to shade and uh, and cloud his judgment uh, because it's not up to this guy, this lieutenant colonel, to make determinations of White House policy when it comes to providing military assistance to the Ukraine. Basically, what he's doing here in his testimony was uh, giving his opinions, his opinions on whether or not it was appropriate for the president of the United States to try to condition uh, military aid on the Ukraine, um, rooting out the corruption that uh, happened during the 2016 election, and to give us some idea of whether or not Joe Biden, in fact, uh, misused his authority when he was vice president um, to benefit his son and and to withhold a billion dollars in aid from the Ukraine. But Vindman went into Schiff's star chamber, even though the commander-in-chief had uh, issued an order that he wanted his privileges protected. <clears throat> and, uh, and he disobeyed the president's direct order. But when Adam Schiff ordered... Vindman not to answer questions from the Republican members of the Intelligence Committee, Vindman obeyed that directive. So you've got a guy inside the White House on the um, president's staff disobeying orders from the commander-in-chief, <clears throat> but complying with a directive from Adam Schiff. And the big uh, big story they were trying to push, the big narrative was <clears throat> that Vindeman wanted to make changes to the transcripts of the call, um, and some of the ones that he made went in, and some of the ones he made didn't. Apparently, they've got sort of a committee process that uh, that tries to recall and record, um, you know, everything that took place on the call, and uh, you know, on some of the changes that he wanted put in. Um, they didn't. Uh, they didn't allow it. Now, Vindeman admitted, and so did members of the committee, that none of the changes that Vindeman wanted would have made uh, any any substantive difference to the actual call. Here's John Berman over at CNN. Vindman said the rough transcript contained ellipses at three points where Mr. Trump is speaking. Colonel Vindman said the White House transcript of that call had left out. Mr. Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, saying the word Burisma, Burisma is the company that Hunter Biden was on the board of, as well as Mr. Trump saying there were recordings of Mr. Biden. Now, substantively, we're told it doesn't change the thrust of what the phone call Substantively, was. it doesn't change anything. Everybody's uh, known about this recording, this video of uh, Joe Biden at the um, Council on Foreign Relations admitting that he used his authority to try to to get the prosecutor that was looking into Burisma fired. But that's not the narrative they're putting forward. They're putting forward, you know, this leaked narrative from Madam Schiff that says, oh, he tried to make changes, but they wouldn't allow it. And Laura Ingram, um, you know, she was the first one that actually questioned whether or not Vindeman was uh, 
going around the White House when he was advising Ukrainian officials. And uh, here is here is the uh, the clip from Laura Ingram. You, you're hearing a lot of condemnation of the president and his defenders for criticizing Vindman. This really didn't happen. The only example of it is this clip you're about to hear right here. This is buried in the New York Times piece tonight, but I found it very interesting. Um, he's, a, he's a decorated colonel, by the way, in the Iraq war. But because Colonel Vindman emigrated from Ukraine, along with his family when he was a child and is fluent in Ukrainian and Russian, Ukrainian officials sought advice from him about how to deal with Mr. Giuliani, though they typically communicated in English. Now, wait a second, John. John <laughs> Here Wu. we have a U.S. national security official who is advising Ukraine while working inside the White House apparently against the president's interest, and usually they spoke in English. Isn't that kind of an interesting angle on this story? I find that astounding, and you know, some people might call that espionage. Oh, oh, John Woo, you're not allowed to use that word, even though it, 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 it is straight from the horse's mouth, Vindeman, that he had been, in fact, coordinating with these uh these ukrainian officials that might be the answer of white vindeman decided to go forward and and testify he it may have been entirely out of outside of his job description to be doing that he may have been um you know cultivating some sort of back channel to try to assist in a policy that he in fact favored and that uh that is the particular money quote that just prompted a flood of um, accusations that you cannot criticize a military man. When we come back from this message, we're going to talk a little bit more about it. Stick with us. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot. And Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. And having Liz Cheney, the number three Republican, whose name is Cheney, stand in front of uh, the press corps and rip the White House, uh, rip the supporters of the president who did that, who who demeaned uh, and questioned the patriotism of somebody who walked into the Capitol with shrapnel in his body. There was no uh, condemnation from the White House. So CNN is uh, is twisting um, Liz Cheney's words. Liz Cheney was responding to the uproar over Laura Ingram and John Woo's uh, a statement on Fox that uh, question whether or not Vindman going uh, or advising Ukrainian officials was uh, constituted um, espionage. And over at, uh, at MSNBC, you had Nicole Wallace saying things like this. Except those people aren't chicken like the three of you, and they know that he passed a background check. So uh, that went out on the air uh, without the, the bleep. Uh, the left was just absolutely melting down. Um, had Joe Biden out there, uh, 
who I have very rarely heard. I, I never heard him defend Michael Flynn or or Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard is actually part of the presidential field and was you know part of these debates. Joe Biden knows uh, Tulsi Gabbard. He didn't spring to her defense when Hillary Clinton accused her of being a Russian agent. I never heard him say anything about Michael Flynn's service. As a matter of fact, Michael Flynn was treated very shabbily by the Obama-Biden administration when he was uh, director of national intelligence. But this this guy, Alexander Vindeman, this is Joe Biden's this kind this of guy patriot. Purple heart. This guy's a hero. This guy is a patriot. And, uh, and, but this is just Trump's style. Um, it's the same reason why he has a bunch of his thugs out there and, you know, engaging in this kind of activity of intimidation. The Giuliani's and the cronies that got arrested. I mean, this is, uh, it's despicable to do this to. This guy is a, a, a patriot. I've never met him, but he is a hell of a patriot. He's a hell of a patriot. Well, he is a patriot, but that doesn't mean uh, that you can't question his testimony. If he's going to come up and participate in this impeachment effort, then you have to be able to cross-examine him. And it ought not to be allowed that uh, that Adam Schiff can shout down um, Republican members of the committee and uh, forbid Lindemann from answering a question. So just wrap your mind around that. Lindemann can uh, ignore a lawful order from the commander in chief and, and march up there and testify, but he's going to obey a directive from Adam Schiff, not to answer questions from the Republican members of the committee. I think, uh, old Dan Bongino, who lives, uh, not far down the road from me, uh, said it best on Fox news. You know, we, we heard today, by the way, that, that a decorated military officer who claims to have some information that you can't scrutinize him, Sean. You can't and thank him for That's his service. He deserves it. But having said right, that, ask you both. it's funny how Mike yeah. Flynn, we can't, we, not only can we scrutinize Mike Flynn, we're gonna, we should crap on Mike Flynn at every single opportunity if you're a liberal. That's okay. You liberals are frauds. Amer- <laughs> he gets worked up. But they absolutely are frauds. The, the reason they love this patriot and uh, and say that he can't be questioned, he's got some sort of magic shield, um, not not from questioning his patriotism, but questioning his actions, is because he's supporting their narrative. And uh, and this is not what somebody on the president's staff is supposed to be doing. If he has a difference of opinion on policy, he's there to advise the National Security uh, Council. That's his job is to advise the president. It's not to substitute his own judgment for that of the president. And there's nothing whatsoever uh, untoward, illicit, or illegal about the president conditioning uh, military aid on on um, getting to the bottom of uh, any corruption and, and finding out what happened that, that may have triggered this Russiagate hoax that has basically crippled the government in this country for the last, going on three years now. Jesse Waters agreed with me. We have the transcript. We know what happens. If this guy who's working for the president doesn't like the policy, quit or advise the president differently. Don't sabotage him from within. That's what he's doing, and the Democrats love it. This is their kind of patriot. 
they they keep going out and saying, well, he's uh, he's upholding the Constitution. There's no constitutional issue here. As a matter of fact, he's violating the Constitution. He's violating the separation of the different branches of government, violating uh, the president's uh, privileges, president, executive privileges, by going up there and testifying against him. But um, but he'll obey Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff, among many things, has been trying to claim that this is a fair process by saying that Republicans are allowed to ask questions. Now, he gets to choose all the witnesses and him and himself only, which means it's not a fair process on the face. But even his claim now that Republicans can ask questions has been undermined because now he's directing witnesses not to answer questions that he doesn't want the witness to answer if they're asked by Republicans. He's not cut off one Democrat. He's not interrupted one Democrat and told a witness not to answer Democrat members' questions. But today he started telling witnesses, the witness, not to answer questions by certain Republicans. You know, one of the reasons uh, Adam Schiff is claiming that his uh, his star chamber is uh, uh, sort of analogous to a grand jury proceeding. In a grand jury proceeding, um, the reason they're secret is because they allow hearsay evidence. They uh, don't allow uh, equal um, rights to the defendant. The defendant is uh, not allowed to, you know, be represented uh, it is a grand jury not designed to deliver due process. Grand juries, um, I mean, uh, due process is delivered at court proceedings. But Adam Schiff can't have it both ways. He can't say that this is a, a grand jury where all sorts of testimony is allowed and at the same time uh, adopt the position as the judge and instruct a witness not to answer questions. Either we're going to probe and we're going to find out what went on here or we're not. Adam Schiff is, um, is, is operating very similar to the old, uh, you know, Soviet, um, era trials where you start with the, the desired outcome. And then you work your way backwards from there and you institute rules and procedures and policies that yield the desired outcome. And it's not surprising because they've been saying since the before this president took office that they were going to impeach him. And here's one of the ones that uh, that was saying that. Based on what you've seen so far, Senator, uh, do you support impeaching the president? And then if he's impeached, uh, if it comes to the Senate where you will be uh, a juror in the Senate, will you support based on what you know right now? Do you support removing him, convicting him, removing him from office? I strongly support the impeachment proceeding, and I believe that the House will vote to impeach him for very good reasons, clearly in his own words, in that notes or transcript of his July 25th call. He has confessed to putting pressure on a foreign leader to try to help him in a political campaign to benefit him personally. But even more important, as today's testimony from Lieutenant Colonel Vindman emphasized, compromise our national security. So now withholding arms from the Ukraine, which is right on the border with Russia, affects our national security. Unbelievable. We got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this uh, resolution that they're going to take up in the House right after these messages. I'm right now with Jim Dawes. Stick with us. We'll be right back.
As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Well, the reason Adam Schiff seems so determined to prevent Vindeman from answering any questions is because apparently Vindeman was one of the sources for this whistleblower. So there's another question I would like to ask the lieutenant colonel. Uh, Did he have authorization to be talking to the CIA analyst who no longer works in the White House? Uh, And did he violate uh, confidentiality and uh, classification um, rules when he did that, you know, there's a, a principle in, uh, in classified material called need to know. It's not enough that you have a clearance, uh, that authorizes you to receive certain classified material. Um, you, you have to have a clearance up to the grade of the particular classified material. In other words, if you have a secret clearance, you can read secret um, materials, got a top-secret clearance. You can read top-secret clearance, but it's more than that. You also have to have a need to know. This is sort of the compartmentalization of intelligence materials. And if Vindeman was sharing um, classified material with, uh, with this whistleblower or even privileged material that, uh, that he had no business sharing, then he needs to uh, to explain that and maybe uh, be disciplined for it. But now we're learning uh, about the identity of this whistleblower. Apparently, in Washington, it's common knowledge now, but uh, the, the mainstream media have, have steadfastly protected any examination of this guy. And, it, and once you read about his history, his name is Eric Ciramella, you know why they don't want you to know that this is the guy that initiated this particular uh, impeachment hoax. He's a 33-year-old registered Democrat. He worked in the Obama administration. He worked specifically for Joe Biden on Ukrainian issues. He also worked directly for CIA Director John Brennan, and he's been a longtime vocal critic of Trump, even so far as helping to initiate the Russia collusion hoax investigation. 
according to Paul Sperry over at uh, the Gateway Pundit, everybody in D.C. has known for quite some time who this whistleblower is. But uh, the media has has been uh, very effective in keeping a lid on it until now. Uh, Real Clear Investigations has uh, has confirmed, and uh, at least to their satisfaction, that uh, uh, Sarah Mella is the whistleblower. Um, now, one thing you got to understand: these whistleblower statutes do not protect the identity of the whistleblower. They protect the whistleblower against retribution and uh, and retaliation. Doesn't protect their identity. So this whole notion that you're not allowed to identify this guy is just a cooked up narrative by Adam Schiff and the Democrats because they don't want any examination of who this guy is. As I said, he's a registered Democrat who worked with Joe Biden on the Ukraine portfolio. He traveled with Joe Biden to the Ukraine. I don't know how many times, but Joe Biden was over there constantly. He helped initiate this uh, Russia collusion hoax by working with uh, Chalupa, uh, one one of the, (laughs) sounds like a, uh, some you get the, at the Taco Bell, but uh, he worked with her um, when she was working for the DNC and uh, trying to get the Ukrainian embassy in Washington D.C. to to provide dirt on Donald Trump. So um, the, the identity of this guy is out there now, and uh, what needs to happen next is we need to call him forward as a witness and find out who he was working with. Was he coordinating with Adam Schiff's staff? Was he coordinating with other um, resistance uh, Democrats inside the deep state? Who he talked to and how he came up with his complete and utter misrepresentation of what went on on that phone call. So we now know uh, that uh, John Bolton is going to be testifying in front of this impeachment inquiry uh, before they implement these new rules. So it's going to take place behind closed doors in one of these depositions where apparently Adam Schiff gets to decide uh, not only all of the witnesses that come in, but what questions they are and are not allowed to answer. And, um, you know, when... When John Bolton was asked to resign and the president said negative things about him, I said at the time, this is a really bad idea to be treating people like this. I'm no fan of John Bolton. John Bolton is a war hawk that's been wrong about almost every foreign policy uh, advice uh, in the last 20 years. He is what he is. He's a war hawk. You know when you get John Bolton that he's going to advise you to invade, occupy, and and, uh, overturn regimes. Um, nevertheless, he served the president and the president should not have said, uh, you know, negative things on him on about him on the way out the door. Now, having said that, I don't think that John Bolton is going to throw in and become part of this impeachment effort. I could be wrong, but just having known, uh, you know, the kind of man that, uh, that John Bolton is, I don't think that he is going to subjugate himself uh, to the Democrats and uh, and the loathsome Adam Schiff. So Nancy Pelosi is uh, is introducing, or is supposed to at least, uh, if she has her votes lined up, if uh, Steny Hoyer has her votes lined up, then they'll be introducing this impeachment resolution 2.0 in the House of Representatives. Already there are cracks in the uh, solid Democrat support 
several of these hmm, Democrats that were elected from Trump districts are starting to waffle about whether or not they will support it. I think she can give up 10 or 15 votes, so she doesn't have to have every one of them, and she'll probably be, or Steny will probably give dispensation to some that are in particularly uh, tough re-election districts. But this, uh, this impeachment resolution is going through sort of as a response to, uh, to all of the criticism over the star chamber that Schiff is running and supposed to make the process more fair and more uh, transparent. Actually, it only has the facade of doing that. It still uh, gives the authority to conduct these proceedings to the House Intelligence Committee, which is odd since there is nothing to do with uh, the intelligence agencies, um, well, I guess oversight, but uh, you don't normally use an intelligence committee to impeach a president. That's supposed to be done in the Judiciary Committee. Actually, the the resolution uh, empowers about four different committees to continue to harass the president, but the lead is going to be taken by Adam Schiff because he's proven himself to be such a good little uh, despot in, uh, in structuring this stuff. The resolution does not provide the Republicans, the minority, with uh, subpoena power. It says that it does, but then it says it has to have the concurrence of Adam Schiff. Well, Adam Schiff is not going to allow any witnesses to come forward that hurts his case. He's already proven that he will twist the rules and procedures in order to try to achieve his desired outcome. The resolution waters down minority powers uh, on the uh, publication of the transcripts of any testimony that has taken place behind closed doors, even that that is not classified. And it, uh, it restricts the president's rights to be represented and, and to question witnesses. Apparently, all of these rules are being drafted um, by a rules committee, uh, and one of the members of it, Debbie Lesko, a Republican of of Arizona said this at the rules committee hearing if Republican witnesses requests are relevant, you know, I mean, that's not fair. Uh, how about on page four, uh, lines one through four, it says basically that representative Nunez, the ranking member in intelligence needs permission of chairman Schiff to subpoena witnesses unlike what has happened in the Nixon and Clinton impeachment hearing. Will the gentlelady yield? And um, I will when I'm done. Thank you. Um, And then on page five, uh, lines three forward, I wrote, uh, Chairman Schiff is not required to make public all transcripts. He can pick and choose, or he can choose not to make any transcripts public. Uh, and then Adam Schiff determines what he deems appropriate to include in his report. I mean, if you think this is fair, this is not fair at all. And so the title of this is really misleading to the American public. I went to that storm the ship. I was one of the people. Now, I did not go inside because I actually had a bill in Homeland Security Committee to go to. 
But I also went previously and asked, can I see testimony? Can I see testimony? I'm a member of the Judiciary Committee, and I'm going to be voting on this in Judiciary Committee, yet I can't even see the testimony, as has been done in both Republican and Democrat leadership in the past under the Nixon and Clinton impeachments. Where So they're, they're cooking the books. They're, they're putting this resolution together. Uh, it is designed to keep the uh, process um, rigged so that the Democrats can achieve their desired outcome. It's designed to give them a fig leaf of transparency without actually delivering that. And Mitch McConnell, who is uh, you know ultimately going to have to deal with this impeachment that I am convinced the Democrats will produce, uh, took to Twitter uh, after having reviewed this resolution and said, uh, no due process now, maybe some later, but only if I feel like it. And, and that pretty much summed it up. And then Mitch took to the floor. He's not exactly, you know, a fiery orator, but uh, he pointed out what exactly is going on here. But the country cannot afford for Democrats in Congress to take a one-year vacation from any productive legislation just because they'd rather obsess over impeachment. So while the Democrats have been um, pursuing impeachment to the exclusion of all else, the border has not been secured. They have not approved the, uh, the trade deal, the U.S.-Canada-Mexico uh, uh, trade agreement that would have strengthened the president's hands, uh, hand in his dealings with China. They haven't done anything about the opioid epidemic. They haven't passed any uh, any. Uh, budget resolution yet time's running out on that they're concerned about one thing and one thing only and that is the uh the objective that they had from the day before this president ever even took office and that is to impeach him you remember oh Rashida Tlaib we're going to go in and we're going to impeach the MFR. and you may recall that uh, Molly Hemingway appeared on Fox News having overheard uh, a, a phone call from from uh, Jerry Nadler, who was traveling on the same commuter train that she was, when he was discussing with somebody how they planned to impeach Donald Trump. Before they got the Mueller report, before any of this, uh, this latest uh, whistleblower complaint ever came forward, they all had already expressed their intention that they were going to impeach the president. So anything they've done from that point forward, that's like a sort of like a police officer uh, stating that he's going to bring charges against somebody. And then the police officer goes out there in desperate search of some charges to place against you. That's exactly what's gone on here. It's illegitimate, and it should be uh, disposed of when it gets to the U.S. Senate by just dismissing it out of hand. And and apparently a, a lot of the calls that are coming in to the Senate demanding just that are starting to have an effect because more and more senators are stepping forward and saying that the Democrats have so abused their authority in the House of Representatives and that this is such an obviously partisan ploy that they're not going to participate in it and they're going to uh, dismiss it when it uh, when it gets there. we got to run out to a break when we... Get back. We're going to hear what Greg Jarrett thinks about all of this right after this message.
This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. So you may remember back at the beginning of the Russia hoax um, fiasco that uh, Devin Nunes was chair of the House Intelligence Committee that was uh, looking into the uh, counterintelligence investigation that kicked off the, uh, the Russia hoax, I think they called it Crossfire Hurricane. And uh, as part of his, uh, his chairmanship, he found out uh, that the Obama administration had indeed been wiretapping the Trump campaign. And, uh, and that was completely counter to the Democrats' narrative when uh, the president had pointed out that his, uh, his phones had been wiretapped. <clears throat> they went on about a two-week tear saying how ridiculous that was and demanding the president apologize. And then Devin Nunes went out and found out that, yes, indeed, the president had been wiretapped. And, uh, and they filed ethics complaints against Devin Nunes for doing that, perfectly within his scope of authority as chairman of that committee. But just to you know avoid any appearance of impropriety, Devin Nunes stepped down temporarily and turned the uh, chairmanship over to his vice chairman of the uh, Intelligence Committee and waited for the resolution of the ethics complaint. Now, there was nothing substantive to that ethics complaint, but they went ahead and filed it anyway. And yet, Adam Schiff, who has been leaking classified information uh, to the New York Times and the Washington Post repeatedly, has been abusing his authority as uh, House Intelligence um, chair after the Democrats took the majority. He has been apparently, uh, at least up till now, not subjected to the same sort of abuse that the Democrats were perfectly willing to heap onto Devin Nunes. But now, finally, one of the Democrats in the House is, uh, is, is um, rectifying this. Matt Getz, who is uh, one of the president's most uh, vocal and effective defenders, has filed an ethics complaint against Adam Schiff, accusing him of distorting the president's phone call with uh, the Ukrainian president Zelensky to lying to the public about the Russia collusion hoax when he said repeatedly on all of the news shows he was a regular Sunday fixture that he had absolute fact that the president had engaged in collusion with Russia Turned out Mueller said that there was none. And then Adam Schiff didn't produce any of this uh, so-called evidence that he claimed to hold. And this ethics complaint also um, points out that uh, Schiff has blocked members of Congress from attending these impeachment depositions. So it's about darn time that the, Democ- that the Republicans started fire, uh, fighting fire with fire and, uh, and put... Adam Schiff on the hot spot. Now let's see if Adam Schiff does the same thing that he demanded that Devin Nunes do to step down from the chairmanship pending the resolution of this ethics complaint. I kind of doubt he will. That's not how it works with the Democrats. 
They've got one standard for themselves and another for the Republicans. So Greg Jarrett was appearing on Fox Business with uh, Neil Cavuto and uh, talked about Adam Schiff's tactics and whether or not he thinks that there's any legitimacy to this uh, latest impeachment effort. Yeah, I mean, I, I in my recent column, I call uh, Adam Schiff sort of the poor man's Harry Houdini, an illusionist uh, with cheap parlor tricks. He is trying to fool Americans that uh, opinion is evidence and facts are not. The facts are contained in the transcript and the statement of the two participants in the transcript, Zelensky and Trump. There's no quid pro quo, no pressure, no condition, no demand. we're led to believe that maybe the transcript we got wasn't entirely accurate? Yeah, I mean, and who, if you have an auto accident with 20 witnesses, yeah. you're gonna have 20 versions of it. So Lieutenant Colonel Vindman says, well, that's not how I remember the conversation. Because um, he was listening in on the call. Yes, right? he was but he's offering his interpretation. He said, I didn't think it was proper. That's an opinion. Okay. Opinion is not facts. Facts are stated in the transcript itself. And as somebody who came up to me at the train station this morning, he said, I've, I've read this transcript. What's wrong with it? And that's the fundamental... There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. The Republicans need to get off of this notion that there was quid, no quid pro quo. There is no quid pro quo uh, contained in that phone call. But even if there had been, even if they wanted to make that argument, all of uh, diplomacy and, and uh, relationships between nations is based on quid pro quo. The Ukrainians, uh, Ukrainians don't get hundreds of millions of dollars of American aid with no strings attached. That's not how it works. Obama, you'll recall, absolutely denied any military aid to the Ukraine after his State Department and his CIA engineered a coup that overturned the duly elected government of Ukraine, which prompted uh, the Russians to uh, take back the Crimea, which had been historically theirs, uh, so that they would continue to have access uh, to that naval base. But Greg Jarrett went on and, and uh, pointed out that this latest uh, fiasco is even worse than the original Russia hoax. I actually think this is twice uh, as ludicrous as the original Trump-Russia collusion hoax and witch hunt. Um, There's just really not a basis here for an impeachment inquiry, much less an impeachment vote in a trial in the U.S. Senate. And I think senators have made it pretty clear so far that they're not buying into this. Um, the, the original witch hunt... If, if you had to guess, yes. right, and I know, uh, like I think, and you follow this much closer than I do, that he will, rightly or wrongly, be impeached in the House. I think that's going to happen. Now, I don't know about that, but if, if it comes to the Senate, could you see any Republicans possibly voting to impeach him? Oh, maybe one or two, but you got to have 67. Right. You know, this was the wisdom of the framers. They feared that impeachment would be used as a political weapon by an opposing party. So they put a procedural protection in a two-thirds supermajority to prevent this sort of thing from happening. And, you know, one of the things I, I think could happen is you are allowed uh, to make a motion to dismiss when it gets to the U.S. Senate. Bill Clinton did that. It didn't succeed. But the situation is dramatically different here, and it could succeed in the U.S. Senate. So I, I wouldn't preordain a trial, even if there is impeachment. Well, in order to do that, Mitch McConnell would have to suspend the 60-vote uh, filibuster um, requirement uh, and, and pass that 
motion to dismiss on a 51-vote majority. He could do that, and I think he should. But um, Mitch McConnell has absolutely got to hold 50 votes in his uh, Senate against this, this bogus impeachment. Otherwise, the Democrats will declare that uh, <clears throat> that even a majority in the Senate voted to impeach. That no, no, they won't get their two-thirds majority. Probably <laughs> they won't get their two-thirds majority, but they may, if they can pick off one or two more Republicans, uh, get a, uh, a bare majority to vote for impeachment, and that will allow the Democrats to delegitimize this president going into the uh, election campaign. They'll say even... Uh, the majority of the Senate that is held by the Republicans voted to impeach. That's their their real goal. And uh, you'll hear old Chuck Schumer uh, trying to shame Republicans, and you'll see the New York Times and the Washington Post uh, doing leaks and, and trying to craft the narrative. But they need to, uh, as old Barney Fife used to say, nip it in the bud when it comes over to the Senate Mitch McConnell needs to have at least 50 votes. I'm sure he's going to lose O'Pierre uh, Delecto and Susan Collins and Murkowski. Then he's got to bring in uh, the vice president to break the tie and, uh, and vote to dismiss this. There was a, uh, an incident that took place in the House yesterday in front of the Homeland Security Department where Debbie Wasserman Schultz, a thoroughly... Um, repugnant representative of Broward County, Florida, was questioning Ken Cuccinelli about uh, the latest policy that's uh, going to prevent people from uh, gaining green cards if they're going to be a public charge, if they're going to uh, you know, be on food stamps and Medicaid and welfare and all of these other government benefits, then he's going to deny them green cards. That is what every other civilized country in the world does. Well, that's not true either. The uh, Over in Europe, some of those welfare states allow it, but uh, like New Zealand and Australia, people who have common sense uh, immigration policies don't allow you to come over there and immediately go on welfare. Uh, but she, um, she accused Cuccinelli of being a white supremacist for enacting this policy. You want to block all immigration and make life harder for immigrants, and you have demonstrated that you will pursue this heinous white supremacist ideology at all costs, even if it means making critically ill children your collateral damage in the process. And this goes to a comprehensive pattern of harm. So Debbie Wasserman Schultz um, claiming that if you don't uh, welcome all immigrants that have uh, medical problems, which could cost the American taxpayers literally millions of dollars each, then that is somehow a white supremacist policy. Even if it means making critically ill children your collateral damage in the process. And this goes to a comprehensive pattern of harm at USCIS under your leadership. In August, you announced the administration's new public charge rule, for example, which would deny legal status to immigrants who use social services. Mr. Cuccinelli, has USCIS done any analysis of how many children may stop receiving critical services due to fear of le- losing legal status under this rule? So if, if the American taxpayer, get, wrap your mind around this, if, if the American taxpayer uh, or if 
government officials are protecting the American taxpayer by, by refusing to put them on the hook for astronomical medical bills for catastrophic injuries to the entire world, then that is a white supremacist policy, according to Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Here's Cuccinelli's response. And I'd like you to answer that question, please. After declaring that I am not a white supremacist, as uh, you alluded, you have, in, you have <clears throat> white nor is the policy. president. Okay. Um, and uh, facts matter. Yes, they do. Yes, right. they do. Truth. Which is why matters. I'm stating them here. Today. Yes. No. You certainly question. are not. You're, Please you're answer the question. How many children? Certainly cloaked in legislative How many children may stop means you can get away reclaiming with not my time? The truth. So she wants to just offhandedly call this uh, this. A uh, member of the administration, a white supremacist. <clears throat> then she wants to shout him down and not allow him to even defend himself, all because he's pursuing a common sense policy of not providing medical care to the entire world. That's the Democrats. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us. On tomorrow's show, we'll take a look and see whether or not the Democrats were able to pass this bogus resolution on impeachment. And I hope you'll join us then right here on the Mojo 50 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.